The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241, or you can email radio at bnntv.org. All right, Good afternoon, good afternoon, everybody, everybody. Welcome to the Other Page Radio Station. My name is Haywood Fennell, Senior. This program is brought to you by Triad Veterans League. Our guest today is my friend, your friend to the community, Larry Higginbottom, founder of the Osiris Group. We are so happy to have him here and you to listen. We're on WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston's community radio station. Brother Larry, welcome. How are you? Great, my brother, and thanks for having me here. Thanks no, thank me. you for taking the time from your busy schedule over at the Osiris Group, doing all the work over there at 164 Dudley Street. How long you been over there, brother? How long you been in office over there working? Well, been in business like over two decades, you know. Been over two there. Two decades is over 20 years, folks. I think we've been over there at least, God, over 10 plus years, you know, and 184 Dudley Street over, you know, a long time, long time. It's it's 184. I'm sorry. I said 164. Yep. It's 184. I stand corrected because we want people to, after you hear Brother Larry talk today, there's some, some of our discussions you may want to go over there and get checked out from the yep. neck up, you know. Uh, Brother Larry, uh, so much is going on in our lives today that uh, we uh, sometimes— uh, think that it's normal behavior, as you very well know, that's not always the case. One of the things that I'm looking forward to today is just to learn a little bit about your collaboration and writing that book on PTSD. Can you tell us a little bit about your book, your collaboration? Well, when Brother, the late Se- late Sekou Mem, rest his soul, and Dr. Omari, I call him the good Dr. Omari, first brought the idea up to wrote about slavery. Because you got to be able to define, right, your your disorder. And we always knew something was wrong with us, but, you know, we never defined it. You know, what is it? And it's the man, you got to examine slavery and what it did to us. And not just slavery, but then also Jim Crow. It didn't, it didn't end there, right? It, it continued, you know. So when they wanted, you know, us to write about that, you know, I said, I'd be more than happy because I looked at our issues right as mental side, mental side. Slavery was about killing our mental capacities. That's why I titled my chapter in the book, Mental Side, the killing of the thought process. When people stop acting and behaving and what's in their own best interest, 
That's mental side. And so I was blessed, you know, to be there in 2000, 2002, I think it was, you know. But I give credit to God for being there, but also I give credit to those two guys, the late Sekou Mims and Dr. Omar Reed, you know, still living, thank God, you know. That was that was their baby. They asked me to just ask me to join the process, but I titled my part part two, right? Shattering the veil of mental side. Mental side. Mental side. Listen, I want you all to listen real closely as we go forward in this conversation because Brother Larry being the founder of the Osiris Group over 25 years ago has been able to impact and better understand through his work in our community the dynamics of behavior and the importance of behavior change and not to buy in, but buy out. True. In order for us to turn and go in the right direction, because as Brother Larry often says, we are going in the <laughs> wrong direction. <laughs> yes, indeed. This is the Other Page Radio. My name is Hayward Fennell. My guest today is Larry Higginbottom, founder of the Osiris Group. We're here at BCALP 102.9 FM, Boston's community radio station. We're going to be right back. Are you a veteran or do you know a veteran who is struggling with housing due to COVID-19? Veterans Inc. can help provide support services, including assistance with rent, deposits, utilities, as well as emergency housing, including hotel stays to eligible struggling veterans. If you or someone you know is in need of services, please call 1-800-482-2565 or go online to www.veteransinc.org. Are you behind on rent or mortgage payments and at risk of losing your home due to COVID-19? You may be eligible for help to make your payments. State programs like RAFT and IRMA can provide funding to help eligible renters and homeowners. Don't wait. Find resources and start a secure online application at metrohousingboston.org forward slash COVID help. Metro Housing Boston. People first. Housing always. People first. Housing always. Well, Larry, I just want to talk with you a little bit about physical death and Spiritual death, as in mental collapse, mm. and how we have been faring in that department. How do we uh, regain the footage for self-identifying? I would suggest at some point you got to realize where you are. You have to take ownership where you are, not the illusion, not the deception. But he's where I am. It's like. If you want to stop smoking, you got to understand, smoking is bad for me. If it's bad for me, you got to first come to realize it ain't good for me. We as a people got to understand, right, what we are. And to accept that chasing equality was never a good thing for us to do. The reason being, I come to, the reason why I come to a conclusion, Brother Haywood, think about the relationship what it's based on. From 1619... 1865, 247 years, what amounts to 
crimes against humanity. And white folks had a war. They, they fought a war over us. Okay, so we're going to supposedly free you guys in theory. So again, why would we, why would any of us right today choose to, to chase equality when you have been groomed and indoctrinated to despise and hold us in contempt? If anything, right, we want to have our own means of, you know, feed ourselves, provide for ourselves. Because why? That's hate there. That's, 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 that's contempt there. We have been fighting to be viewed and treated as a United States citizen since 1865 and now 157 years. 157 years. No other group would have chose that path given the foundation of the relationship. Nobody group. You wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't have done that. I, I wouldn't have done it. And so again, there's some things I've come to just realize that we made some bad choices here. Trying to pursue equality was one of those bad choices. How can you expect somebody to, to hold you in reverence or respect you when all institutions have been geared to hold you in contempt? A good example, excuse me, Brother Larry, a good example, I think, and maybe you might agree with this, is the uh, confirmation hearing for Judge Judge Jackson. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And think about it, right? See, it's not about her being qualified. Put this aside. The Supreme Court, right, the foundation is based on what? The Constitution. Is the constitutional. Well, the Constitution never did anything for us. Never. Wasn't meant for us. So, again, she's more than qualified. She's more than qualified. She should be confirmed. But we... Uh, delusional if we think because she's being qualified and affirmed it's going to do anything to uplift the group and keep in mind Dr. King was murdered for group uplift group uplift how well is your group doing and our group brother and 22 is not doing well so may she be confirmed yes she should she's qualified more than qualified but it's not going to do anything to uplift the group well, one of the things that uh, <clears throat> caught my attention was a couple of people that uh, signed and formatted the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of them was Thomas Jefferson, mm-hmm. and the other one was Benjamin Franklin, mm-hmm. Bostonian, by the way, born in Boston, Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson's were leaders in this country, and they were slaveholders. True, true that. So what I'm trying to understand is, when are we going to understand that we can't look for anybody else to free us but us? Amen to that. We have seemingly bought into a system that affirms, well, we got one, you know, like in the spook that's set by the door. Mm-hmm. But we don't need one. We need 1,000 and then another 1,000 to be representing the change that needs to come. True. Think what is your take on uh, go ahead. political change, Brother Larry? Well, think about this here, right? 
we hear the we hear the the, the, the slogan, the first this, the first that, the first this, right? We've been there for 157 years since emancipation. It should be an insult that is the first, first DA, first this, first that. You know, come on now. It should be an insult to the people. I'm telling you. You know, of all the folks here, we've been here when America, what I call, was undeveloped, right? It was just, just a natural land. We was here. And first of all, I would be so acceptable. The first, the first, the first. Are you kidding me? It's an insult to us as a people. It's an insult to us. And I have come to this conclusion. It's my belief. Come to your own conclusion. We need to stop getting on this on this bandwagon about what's called symbolism. Mm. Symbolism. That don't bring about policy. We were disadvantaged by policy, slavery, laws. Jim Crow laws, redlining laws. Those are laws that hurt us. Didn't hurt Africans, Caribbeans, Spanish, Asian. It hurt us. It was designed to hurt us as a people. We should get out of what I call symbolism, politics. Come on. One of the things that I've noticed, and I'm sure you have too, Brother Larry, is that the people not born in this country as we were and our ancestors were and their ancestors were, have absolutely no idea and don't care about it is the struggle of the African Americans in moving forward after the Emancipation Proclamation. True that. They come into our country with their ways and their customs and their folk ways, but they do not embrace the struggle that allowed them to come to this country. And they have used, in a lot of times, the language that they speak as a excuse not to involve themselves with African-American struggle with many claiming to be white, even though they are skin color, as dark as we are. True that. How do we, Brother Larry, how do we deal with that situation? I don't think it's about them, brothers, audience. It ain't about them. It's about us. About us. Folks come to America, my belief, having been blessed to travel, you know, to, to Caribbeans and also to, you know, uh, Africa, you know, Europe, right? Folks come to America, right, to extract as much of the wealth out of America for themselves and their group, to build power. Racism is what I call a group sport. It is a group sport. People come here to protect their own interests. They don't come here, right, to become allies with us, right, to fight. Our name is from day one. It's what? It's what? White racism. They don't come here for that. They don't come here for that. The folks south of the border, they're not coming to fight white racism. They're coming right to get as much of the wealth out of a country, out of our country, right, for them and theirs. And I and I, and, and I, I don't begrudge them. I'm not against immigrants. I'm against immigration. I'm not against immigrants. But again, we have no allies. Because why? That's not what we came That's not what we came here. We didn't come here for that. Racism is your fight. That's your fight. That's, that's what this. 
That's what they. That's what they advocate. Right. That's your fight. It doesn't belong to us. That's right. your stuff. That's, that's your fight. That's your right. fight. That's your struggle. Not our struggle. Right. So the problem is not with them, brother Haywood, and, and listen to audience. The problem is us, American born blacks. It's our problem. Well, another thing that uh, I look at the school board, and I look at the ethnic di- diversity, primarily uh, Spanish. Creole, French, Vietnamese, uh, Portuguese, Creole. And I, 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 I've been wondering, and maybe you can share, about the importance of mandatory language being taught from the early school grades to wear down the uh, artificial barrier of, of languages to bring the community closer together. What are your thoughts on that? Just my belief. Not my thought, my belief. Nowhere that I've traveled in the world did they, would they allow English to be a primary language. You come to a country, right, on your own, voluntary, right, you're going to speak our language, Spanish, Haitian, Korea, whatever, right? How can you have folks come to a country on their own, right, but you're going to make their language, right, a primary Nowhere up in the world is that that's such. Nowhere. Nowhere. So, again, right now in Boston Public School, I read a stat that said BPS has less than 50,000 students in there. You'll be hard-pressed to find 5,000 white kids there. They're not gone. And most American-born blacks, their kids ain't there either. If they're not on Medco, they're not moved out, you know, to Canton, Sharon, wherever, you know, they're they gone. Mm-hmm. So, again, you know, BPS consists consists what I call what immigrants, immigrants. So, but to me, to mandate that I learn Spanish or Haitian Creole is an insult. You came here on your own voluntarily. If I went to Haiti, or I went to DR, right? They're not mandating that that I learn that they're gonna put stuff in English. You came here on your own, on your own. That being the case. It's your job to learn English. So I disagree with that. I'm not mandating my kid learn no language. It's, it's, it's helpful. It's nice. But no, nowhere I've been, I didn't mandate you to, you to learn English if you go there. That's why you chose, you chose to come here. We are right. for you. We'll be right back, folks. If you are struggling to afford your internet bills during the pandemic, there's a temporary government program that may be able to help. It's called the Emergency Broadband Benefit, and it provides up to a $50 monthly discount on your broadband bill to qualifying households. Find more information about the program, including if you qualify and how to enroll at FCC.gov slash broadband benefit or call toll free at 833-511-0311. That's 833-511-0311. This is the other page radio. My name is Haywood Fennell. My guest today is the brother Larry Higginbottom, founder, executive director of the Osiris Group, one of the leading, one of the leading behavioral health institutions in the city of Boston and in the greater Boston metropolitan area. I, I, I go to far, so far as to say that. I'm really honored to have you here, brother Larry. Uh, I did have an additional question regarding uh, education. And uh, what are your thoughts with all the 
seemingly chaos in the Boston Public Schools. How would you uh, change that? How, do you have any thoughts around that? Well, this like this like I say, my brother, from being in the trenches for the last two decades, seeing firsthand, first right? Which nobody wants to acknowledge, right? Education first starts in the home. Okay. It first starts by how you're grooming, and also socializing me to be studious. You're never going to improve BPS until you understand you got a home issue. See, the home is what I call it feeds the system with, 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 with young minds. So if I come out the house, I'm not great ready. I don't know my colors. I can't count to 100. My alphabet, right? I can't tie my shoes. All that fundamental education learning, right? You know what I mean? If I come out the house and I've not been indoctrinated, right, to be a lover of learning, well, I'm already behind. And I can tell you after this year, after 20 plus years, right, forget training teachers. If you don't tell parents that you are the most important entity with your kids being educated, start with you. It starts and begins with you. So we got a home issue here. You're sending me a child that's already behind. But you want to hold me accountable on the MCAP score, right, when you already know he couldn't read, couldn't write, didn't know the ABCs in K-1, a preschool. So, again, we got a home issue. And many folks conceive kids but have no idea how to develop or indoctrinate or groom them to be studious. So all you white folks, Mayor, Mayor Wu, you're never going to fix BPS unless you fix the home. You're sending us a product that's already is impaired. Larry Higginbottom, you heard it from Brother Larry Higginbottom, and I'm sitting here learning, and I hope that you are taking this in and, and listen, call a friend and tell them that, uh, you know, you're hearing this because... We need to understand that we are going the wrong way. The wrong way, brother. The wrong way. And the only way that we are going to do better is that parents become more responsible and start being parents instead of trying to raise kids and be their buddies, to be their partners. Sometimes, you know, um, mothers want to tell uh, the kids, don't tell them I'm your mother, tell them I'm your aunt because the mother still has those young looks and she doesn't want to be labeled as a responsible person in the name of motherhood. Mm. This is the other page radio sponsored by Triad Veterans League Incorporated. And I just want to say a little bit about the veteran situation. Uh, Brother Larry, um, <clears throat> we are looking at millions of dollars being spent in the Ukraine. True. By the United States government. True. But in the city of Boston for black veterans, not that much money is being spent for improving care and services for our veterans, particularly in our community. We have no drop-in centers. We have no places so that we can bring veterans together and they can talk about some of the issues that they have. And then in that process, the correct referrals could be made uh, because a lot of veterans feel stigmatized based on the trauma 
and some with PTSD that they suffered. Leaving home all bright-eyed and everything, wanting to be in the military, and because of the experiences of trauma that they had in the military, uh, they came home no longer bright-eyed, but dull-eyed, eyes looking like fish in the window of the fish market on ice, dead. Mm. How are we going to let our veterans know that we love and respect them and we want to help them if we're not focusing on funding for veterans' programs coming into our community? Here recently I was told that a lot of money came out of Congress and a lot of money went to South Boston, but none or maybe a little came to Roxbury. Mm. Now, we got two congressmen, Lynch and Presley, that represent our district. I don't remember ever talking to Congressman Lynch, Senator Warren, or Markey. I know that Representative Congress Lady Presley, she did a roundtable discussion and then rounded. Our efforts have been put forward to the Commissioner for the City of Boston Veteran Services as well as to the Secretary of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts for Veterans Care and Services. We have witnessed during the pandemic earlier at the Veterans Soldiers Home when almost 80 people, all veterans, died. Swept under the rug. Our veterans of color seldom go downtown to the New England Shelter for Homeless Veterans. Why? Might it be because of the scientific survey rendered by Triad Veterans League and Boston Public Health? I'm not Boston, yeah, with the help of Boston Public Health and working with Northeastern University Public Health Institution, we find that our veterans are not receiving the care of sensitivity culturally, do not trust the VA hospital because of that, do not employ enough professional help of color. And so little has changed since that time. But I just want to let you know that we will not stop asking, demanding, commanding for more appropriate professional care for our veterans. A lot of people are talking about taking care of homeless veterans. What is the sense in taking care of a homeless veteran if you're not providing the psychiatric care that they need? It's almost like having a room that will become a tomb if we do not pay attention to what is going on in our community because mass cash is alive. You might not see the tents, but they are still there in the same location, standing in the same condition, and people are saying that we have done something when, in fact, little has been done. This is the Other Page Radio. Our guest today 
his brother, Larry Higginbottom. Larry Higginbottom. Are you a veteran, or do you know a veteran who is struggling with housing due to COVID-19? Veterans, Inc. can help provide support services, including assistance with rent, deposits, utilities, as well as emergency housing, including hotel stays to eligible struggling veterans. If you or someone you know is in need of services, please call 1-800-482-2565 or go online to www.veteransinc.org. We're on WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station. Again, we're talking to Brother Larry Higginbottom. Brother Larry, can you tell us a little bit about your organization, about Osiris Group and what you do? Sure. Uh, Osiris, right, is really a, uh, the best way to describe it, we, I believe from day one, that we needed to be in folks' homes, be able to work with them where they are, get to know them but also to have to seed at that moment. We provide mental health coverage for families, you know. Uh, we got a contract with DCF and also some kind of with Medicaid. But it's my belief from day one, that you need to be in folks' homes whereby you can see, you can hear, you know, you can see what's going on, you know, but also you can intercede and challenge them on their thought, their language, their behavior at that moment. So I've been blessed, you know, to be around here for, two decades plus. And we cover families from Lawrence, Mass, clear down to Fall River, you know. We are what I call support wood travel. And uh, I work with a lot of folks from DCF, nice, nice, nice people. Uh, Medicaid, same way, you know. But we're about bringing the support to families, you know, on their own terms in the home. So uh, that's that's what we've been doing for, for, for two decades. And right now, uh, I'm, I'll be 69 in August, so my daughter, who's also got her uh, master's from uh, from, from uh, BU, you know, she's a licensed uh, counselor, you know. So right now, you know, me and Deborah thinking about, you know, it's transition time, you know, because she's going to be taking, taking over in the next 10, 15, 20 years. So right now, I'm happy at the fact that, you know, that she in, she in this field, she shows this field. But right now, it's about transitioning, you know, getting her prepared to take over and do the same work, you know, that we have been doing for the last 20 years, Deborah and I. So I've been blessed to be out here in folks' homes. Matter of fact, I'm in folks' homes right now as we speak, you know what I mean? But but I know what I do. So it's not it's not a task or a chore, you know. Mm-hmm. So but uh we are in the homes. We are we are in the trenches. Are you optimistic about the results of your work uh, at Osiris Group in terms of uh trying to bring about some behavior stability? Yes and no. And it comes down to one simple one simple word in my humble humble opinion. Listen. For those kids who listen, right, you know what I mean? They made great, great strive. Those young folks who didn't listen, right? They had to go out there and find the hard way. Same with parents, you know, where there's certain things you are doing, right? We can tell you it doesn't work. So if you're not willing to do something different, different, well then you know, you're going to always get what you got if you're still doing the same thing. Right. So to me, right, you know, it's like it's here. You can tell a guy, well, you know, your problem is drinking. Well, if you don't stop drinking, right, you're going to have a problem. Well, if you don't understand that, right, if you don't embrace that, right, you're going to always have a problem in life because why? Drinking is your problem. So what we try to do, right, through education and teaching parents and kids, right, you know, here are the issues. Here are the issues. So again, 
out of love and respect, we lay it out there. But also, let you know, if you don't be about change, if you're not the change that you seek, change ain't coming. Because at the end of the day, now, right, you got to make a conscious effort to do something different in your life. Let me ask you, uh, over the last couple of years with the uh, COVID-19 situation, how has that impact your services? Well, we have been needed more uh, this whole three years, you know what I mean? You know, we didn't really have a hard time because we was deemed essential, you know what I mean? And so our contract, I, I keep going back to the contract, our contract allowed us, right, to not only do the service, but also, right, to be employed, you know, to, to earn, to earn income, you know. So our staff did not suffer, uh, uh, you know, financial, you know, you know, uh, uh, problems, you know, because why we could still see our families. Right. So I'm thankful, you know, and I, but I always give thanks to the late state crew man and also Dr. Reed that put me in this field to begin with because my mental health was never on, was never on my radar until I met Dr. Reed and brother, uh, brother state crew man. That's what I was uh, referring to, not so much of the uh, income coming in as a result. How has the pandemic, COVID-19, affected your treatment, op- you know, operation for your clients, how have your clients, is there, was there a pattern of, of, uh, of uh, signals, signals that you saw? Was there a raise of uh, anxiety it's like that? Yes, you know, think about it, you know, all of a sudden your whole world comes to a halt. Your whole routine ceases, you know. It creates anxiety on parents. Parents couldn't work. You know, kids mm. couldn't go out to play. Right. So everything is right turned upside down, and then you need someone right to come in there right to to to, to 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 make sure right that parents are not right bearing down on kids, kids are not getting too depressed. Right, like the whole world changed. You know, your whole world changed. Right. You know what I mean? So being able to be in the house because we call during the pandemic, we was in we was in the house. We for DCM, we was in the house. You got to be to see families to keep kids safe, but also to make sure that parents right. I'm not overstressed or taxed, you know, right. to do things that they wouldn't normally do. So right. for the whole the whole pandemic, we was in the house, you know, we seeing these families, you know, taking precaution, you know, according to, you know, according to, you know, you know, you know, you know, the CDC. But we was out there with them, you know what I mean? And and your whole world, the, the whole world changed. But, it, you know, it has changed, right? Exactly. It has changed. Right. You know what I mean? Think about it here. Right now, you got folks right now, right? They can work at home two or three days a week before unheard of. You know what I mean? Right. And so, you know, you had kids who were supposed to be being educated by by virtual, where if you if you were behind before the virtual kicked in, you was devastated. Right. You know what I mean? So their kids right now will never catch up. Well, let me ask you a question since you mentioned that, because that's very important for our audience to understand about the uh the variables that are involved with our children in terms of learning, uh, you know, uh, their, their learning uh, capacity has been reduced, has been impacted. Mm-hmm. And so what what does that mean? What How does that play out? That means, right, that we as a community are going to suffer. Because why? If you're not prepared, right, to take care of yourself, right, also now, right, you're going to be more deviant, you know what I mean, more involved in what I call antisocial behavior. You can't. You don't have the skills to get you a, a decent 
uh, position or start your own company. So, you know, we the community going to pay a price for all these people, right, who are not prepared to be out of Why? Their skill base, they have no skills. They have no skills. They have no skills. They have no skills. Right. And one thing you always saw at the time, you know, if you can't comprehend, one thing I kind of realized these, these last three years, right, of all the skills that you need, you need to be able to read and comprehend. Can you comprehend what you're reading? If you can do those things right, you're going to be okay. Right. Everything starts with reading and comprehension. Okay. It all starts there. Right. You know, and you, say it all, you say it all the time, you know, so. If uh, you can't read, you mm. can't compete. <laughs> if you can't line. compete, you're going to cheat. <laughs> and if you cheat, you're going to go to jail. You're <laughs> yes. going to pay those prices. Yes, indeed. So our guest today has been a good friend, not just to me, and I want to thank you on our radio station, Brother Larry, for your years of encouragement. Uh, for, thank you for the work that you've been doing. Thank you for supporting Triad Veterans League. Uh, but more importantly, thank you so much for supporting our com- our community. So happy to hear that you have groomed your daughter, a nice young lady, to be involved in the work that you and your wife and her mother, Miss Deborah, are involved in. Osiris Group, we had today a gentleman, an educator, an achiever, a believer in the community and its worth, who always tells me and will tell you that we, as a community, are going in the wrong direction. Wrong way. We'll have him back in just a few minutes. But what I want to do right now, folks, is just to update you on the Oscar Michelle Family Theater program, and we do have an update. We met with the chairman of the Afrocentric Music Department, newly created, and the leader is Reverend Dr. Emmett G. Price III. And if you know anything about Berkeley College of Music, it is one of the finest institutions for music education in the world. And because of Dr. Price's vision for community to be involved more at Berkeley College of Music, he has chosen the Oscar Michelle Family Theater Program to work with during our performance season to make revisions to the play The Harlem Renaissance Revisited with a Gospel Flavor to include hip-hop, to include uh, all the technological things that we need, and just to be a friend to our program so that we can present ourselves to the community as a teaching institution. Not only do we entertain, but we educate and we empower. So if you want to know more about the Oscar Michelle Family Theater Program, you can visit omtc.comp, omtc.comp, and there's information for you to know more about what we are planning, what we have done. Please know that this is our 25th year. Since 1997, we have not missed a performance. We have brought to our community a full production for the last 25 years after receiving only two, two grants. And I'll say this to you. The Harlem Renaissance represents the changing of our thinking, 
and awakening ourselves to realize that we were never slaves, just captured. If you have any questions about being a part of our theater program, that is your theater program, please, 857-204-5312. Brother Larry, as we move towards closing, do you have any remarks that you would like to make, please? Well, to parents, like you, Hayward, I'm very big on education. If you don't do anything else, make sure your kids do not fall behind. Make sure they do not fall behind. As Hayward has said many times, if you can't read, you can't comprehend it. You can't, you're not competitive. You can't compete out of here. So I would strongly encourage you, don't wait for the report card. Have your son sit down with you, your daughter sit down with you. Read for me. I want to hear you reading. Can you comprehend what you're reading? Because if they can read and they can comprehend, they can get through the rest. But if that skill is not there, I can tell you after 20 decades out here, two decades out here, right? That's one of the most essential skills that you got to be able to give your kids. Can you read and comprehend the material? If you can't read, there is no need for you to get in the employment line for a good job. You will have to take what they got to offer you. Amen. A family that reads together, learns together, and becomes stronger together. In closing, folks, we just want to thank Brother Lowell Ward. He's not here today. He's paralegal. But he is putting together Bill Black Better, a concept that deals with getting people to understand that everybody makes mistakes and deserves the opportunities to rebuild their lives, especially those that are with criminal offenders' record identification on their back because it's on their back. They can't get jobs. They can't get housing. They can't get education in most instances. And BBB, Building Black Better, is going on a strategy to reform the laws. We have to change the laws and the policies. I got that from Brother Larry Higginbottom. (laughs) You understand? And also, we got to find out about these contracts so that we can benefit from them. True. We're not on our knees begging, please. We never did that. And we're not going to start today doing that. Want to thank you again for having us on. We'll be back next week. Thank you, Brother Larry. Appreciate it. God bless you, everybody out there. And happy Palm Sunday. Bye. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119, attention WBCALP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.